Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. It's Quinn, your keeper and narrator, jumping in here at the beginning from the future. This is our setup episode, and if I'm being honest, it's not the best. I was having some microphone issues, the pacing is a little bit dull, and if you're familiar with actual plays, honestly, it's probably not going to be that interesting. If you really dig the character creation, you can jump to that at 1450. But otherwise, I recommend just starting with the first episode. We're keeping this up for posterity, but the story is much more interesting than the setup. With that said, if you're diehard and dedicated, welcome to episode zero of Monster Hour. Something's behind me, isn't there? Nope, 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 nope. You know, there's like the the amount of blood where you're like, oh, somebody got a little hurt, and then there's the bad amount. And this, this is, this is the bad amount, for sure. I mean, I'd like to do well. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, big money, big money. Oh, such small money. Okay, let's see how this, this plays out. Oh... Hey, we all get experience. <laughs> you failed completely, so I get to take a hard move. Good God. I reach out and, and touch it. It's cold, isn't it? Yes. I'm about to get murdered. Something oh, or someone is trying to get in. And that's where we're going to stop. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the setup episode of our Monster of the Week podcast. My name is Quinn, and I will be your keeper of Monster and Mysteries. We'll go ahead and introduce the rest of our players. Uh, Hannah, why don't you go ahead? My name is Hannah. Oh, boy, this is like every single icebreaker I had to do in college. <laughs> I have two cats who may or may not pop up in the background, um, and I am super excited to play. Excellent. Uh, Tia, why don't you go next? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> what up? Oh, uh, this is the smoke, persona smoke, smoke. of Tia. Lights, lights, lights. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this may be a terrible way to introduce myself. I'm nothing like that. I'm about 10% like that. Uh, t- 25% like that. So my name is Tio, and uh, you might know me from magicbeans.com. That was my last joke. Uh, and Kyle. Yeah, hello. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm, I'm very excited to uh, roll these two dice. That's all yeah. you need. <laughs> these two good dice that I'm ready to roll <laughs> a lot. He looked at me for approval on that one, too. Can I roll these dice? <laughs> Can I roll these dice now? Why don't you roll them just okay, to was, like, yeah, get like, There we go. Five. That's not good. Oh, it's a good... Good one to get out ahead of time. Yeah, I'll just mark experience <laughs> now. <Ooh>. <laughs> Start with that slight leg up. <laughs> so as I mentioned, we're going to be playing Monster of the Week, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Powered by the Apocalypse, in case you're not familiar, is a framework that's used for a lot of sort of narrative-focused RPGs. The real intent of the system is that the players describe the actions that they're taking, and they advance the narrative that way. And it's only when there is a risk of failure, a risk that a action might not succeed or there might be consequences, that 
they roll two six-sided dice, the two dice that Kyle mentioned. Uh, and depending on the, the outcome, it could be a complete success, which means the player accomplishes what they set out to do. It could be a mixed success, um, which is it's a success, but there are some consequences or it's not a complete success. Or it could be a failure, which means that I, as the game master, or as the system calls it, the keeper of monsters and mysteries, gets to take what's called a hard move, which means I get to create some really interesting narrative challenges for the players. Uh, we chose Monster of the Week because I think there are a lot of really interesting and exciting features of the game. To me, the most interesting one is that it's modeled after shows like Supernatural and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and other source material like the Dresden Files or the X-Files that really digs into the concept of Monster Week, but really more the concept of a hidden world within our own. And that's something that I think is really interesting to explore. There's a couple other things that I really like about the system. You gain experience as a character through failure rather than by killing things, which I think is a lot more true to life. And failures and mixed successes really drive the interesting narrative rather than like if you fail when you miss an attack in D&D, it's not really uh, interesting. You just sort of as a player feel kind of lame and as an audience, it's not really terribly exciting. So I think Monster of the Week has a really great framework to drive a, a narrative story. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if anyone else wants to add anything that they particularly enjoy about the system, but that's what really drew me to it. One of the things that I like about it, and this is Hannah again, is I can't say that I've been playing D&D &D a whole long time, but uh, sometimes when you get to the combat phase, the action grinds to a halt because there's a lot of dice rolling, and I think the system moves combat along in a way that feels a bit more like a true story, and that, that's one of the things that I really like about it. Tio here, just to kind of tack onto that. Hannah and I actually started playing D&D around the same time, and it's been interesting to to play with the monster of the week structure a little more one of the things that i think it does really well is the way that experience points work so the fact that when you kind of fail at something or when the thing that you're really excited to do doesn't really happen the way that you want it gets you towards a later goal very directly via experience mm -hmm. points to be able to do cooler things and i think that rewards failure in a way that other games don't quite explicitly reward and i appreciate that because sometimes your characters are going to fail and interesting things can come out of that yeah the experience is a really great reward because failure is such a fun thing in a, <laughs> in a role-playing game <laughs> it failure really is always so much fun <laughs> and this game directly rewards you Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a big Buffy fan. Mm -hmm. so. And it rewards me as the keeper because it means I get to make your lives very interesting. Yay. <laughs> I also really like, uh, in like Hannah touched on it in combat, this game kind of plants itself in a bit more like a realistic survivability of its players. You know, D&D, uh, &D, you usually wade into combat with, you know, six axes and big high level spells and thick metal armor and you can just hack and slash your way through and take a bunch of hits but at this one like if you're going to get in a fight you have to kind of be ready for the fight and be ready for some sacrifices because gun only takes so many hits a couple <laughs> yep before you get in real trouble very true so as i mentioned this is our setup episode so we're talking a little bit about the system now we're going to talk a little bit about the town of firmament colorado where we are playing uh, and then we're going to talk about the amazing characters that my colleagues are bringing to the table. 
so I'm again I'm Quinn and I am the keeper of Monster and Mystery, also known just more briefly as the keeper or game master. My agenda is to make the world seem real, to play what see what happens, and to make the hunters' lives dangerous and scary. I do want to talk just briefly about the the basic moves. There are eight basic moves, uh, modified by five core statistics: charm, cool, sharp, tough, and weird. When you are going to be taking a certain action, those moves will be modified by those those statistics. Um, and so the first core move for all hunters is manipulate someone, which um, is really trying to persuade someone by guile or by threats or by bribery. Anything that you want to do to sway someone to your side is really what the manipulate someone move entails. So act, act under pressure is a, a cool move and not just because you wear shades doing it. Um, <laughs> but cool is, <laughs> and this is what, what Quinn mentioned, the five core stats. One of them is cool. It's very cool. Act under pressure, though, is uh, if you're in a tense situation and you want to try to do something that's not specifically fighting. So if you're like trying to break a door down because something's going on inside on the other side of the door that you want to get to or really spooky things are going on and ghosts are flying around and throwing typewriters at you and you need to like get through this room and get to the other side, like those sort of things are all kind of act under pressure. Um, it's, like you know, keeping your cool in a tense situation and accomplishing your goals. And the other cool move is help out. And this one is really self-explanatory. It's um, when another hunter is making one of the other moves uh, and you want to you want to help them out and there's a narrative way that you can help out, you can grant them a potential bonus on their role. Mm-hmm. One of the moves that's under the, the sharp skill is investigate a mystery, which is also pretty uh, self-explanatory. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes you'll walk into a room and there's a peculiar drawing and you're looking for a certain thing. And uh, if you if you roll to investigate a mystery, there's, you know, there's a couple of different things that you can find in a space. It's your your best chance at being Sherlock. And that skill is really one that drives the plot forward and also provides you as hunters with the information that you need to track down and, and kill this monster. Because every monster has special abilities, every monster has a weakness, and if you don't know its weakness, you're not going to be able to kill it. And so whether it's interviewing someone or searching a room or a crime scene, investigate a mystery is, is definitely key. Can't find Bigfoot if you don't investigate a mystery. Mm-hmm. The other sharp skill is read a bad situation. So this is a bit more of like you're looking around, something something weird is going on. Maybe you're trying to break in somewhere or you're trying to escape. And so what you can do is if you roll and you do well, you can figure out how to get out of somewhere, how to get in somewhere. Maybe there's a danger that you haven't seen. You can also figure out what the biggest threat is or what is the best way to protect victims if you're somewhere and there's some somebody or something you need to protect. The next core skill, there are two, two moves on the tough skill. Uh, the first one's a good one where you're being a big toughie and want to be a big toughie against something else. It's kick some ass. It's rather self-explanatory as well. <laughs> if you want to just lay the beat down on a, on a, on a thing or a creature or a person, uh, you do some kick some ass. I know I mentioned kicking down a door is sometimes act under pressure. Sometimes it's kick some ass on the door too. 
Yeah, it depends on your motive, I guess. Yeah, just really don't like, don't want that door to be there. Door-shaped monsters. <laughs> monsters that are also you know. doors. Is that a clue? Door-shaped monsters? Should we be writing this? Quinn, should we yeah. be writing this down? F- door-shaped. You should be writing everything door-shaped down. Door-shaped monsters, okay. Yes, the first arc will be a door monster. <laughs> um. The other tough move is protect someone. So if another hunter or character is gonna gonna take a hit from a monster, you can protect them, but you're gonna take some or all of the harm. Uh, and then finally, the last move is the one move that uses weird of the core moves, uh, and that's use magic. Use magic is sort of an umbrella for a bunch of magical effects that you can create. Uh, sometimes there are certain requirements that I, as the keeper, may install before a a spell goes through, um, but it's pretty broad. And we are actually going to be using a supplement to Monster of the Week, which is called More Weirdness. Um, and that basically allows some... Yeah, I know. Very exciting. Weird, weird, weird. Tell us about More Weirdness, Gwyn. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Thanks for asking. Uh, more weirdness provides some uh, alternatives for use magic for the weird skill for folks who may not necessarily want to use magic, but do want to have some other weird effect. And so a couple of folks on our team here are going to be using some of those and we'll get into those when we talk about our characters. The hunters also have more specific moves that are applicable in certain situations, very specific situations that are unique to them. We'll also get into those when we talk about characters, but those nine moves constitute the basic moves that will form the basis of our narrative storytelling. Before we get into characters, I will talk just a little bit about the setting that we're going to be in, which is the fictional town of Firmament, Colorado. Firmament is a small city that is on the rise. It's located uh, in the front range of Colorado along the Rocky Mountains between the the forested foothills and the open plains and deserts um, out to the east. There are a couple interesting features. There's Firmament College. um, There's the uh, Colorado National Laboratory. There is the Skyway Gondola. There's the old town. There's the old industrial district. uh, There's the old silver mine. Uh, And really, Firmament is a lot of new meeting old, and the friction that arises between those two forces. And then the other piece of Firmament that I think uh, should be no surprise, given the thing that I find most interesting and compelling about Monster of the Week, which is that there's a lot more to Firmament than meets the eye. So with that, I think we can go ahead and get started on talking about our characters. So tell us the name of your character and which of the Hunter playbooks you're using. Just a brief overview and backstory. Uh, Talk about your ratings and which weird move that you're using, the playbook moves that you've chosen, and the look that you're using, and any other sort of miscellaneous facts about your your character. Kyle, why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, I will be playing the role of Alvin Hughes, age 21. Uh, Not a secret agent. This sounds kind of like he's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, oh, but he's he might be he might be Ooh. you don't know he's not he's just a, he's just a farm boy uh, he's a student he's a uh, he's a student at the local community college or he was but i am playing the monstrous playbook his uh, recent monstrous nature uh, has caused him to drop out of the school he is a uh, more in line of the kind of werewolf sort of monster but the the visibility and the obviousness of his monstrous nature fluctuates based on varying emotional states. And it's not the Hulk specifically. Um, 
<laughs> may seem a little bit like the Hulk. Not the Hulk. Um, for anyone, any, for any lawyers lawyer, listening, any lawyers is listening, not, not, <laughs> not the, the Hulk. Hulk. Different, different type of thing altogether. But he's got the kind of like long claws, sort of yellow eyes, more body hair than is normal. And things kind of grow from there when, when he gets afraid, when his, his life is in danger, when things are kind of going sideways for him. So from the monstrous playbook, I get to pick a curse. And that curse is uh, a vulnerability. It is a silver vulnerability, uh, which means I hurt more when... Classic. Yeah. Classic vulnerability. If, just like the Hulk. Just like the Hulk. Except weak, not. Weak to silver. <laughs> <laughs> and they ever tried silver with that Hulk guy, huh? So uh, silver vulnerability. So I get hurt more and I have to act under pressure when silver is involved. Uh, I get natural attacks of claws and my claws do ignore armor. So they're very good claws. From the moves of the monstrous playbook, I have selected Immortal, which we're going to play less of a live forever, never die thing and more of a uh, kind of just like a tough, the tough hide, higher constitution uh, sort of Immortal, which is kind of how it mechanically works as well. Um, And then the second move is something borrowed because Alvin only recently became monstrous. He, He used to be rather mundane. So I'm borrowing a move from the mundane playbook, which is oops. And uh, oops is if uh, uh, I just stumble across important things sometimes. And we'll see how that plays out. I'm very excited. The The gear, I've got a big knife. That's it. Uh, <laughs> just a, a kind of outdoorsy looking guy. His family works a farm in a, a eastern Colorado. He hasn't been back from college after he dropped out he hasn't returned home he's rather fearful and kind of trying to hide his monstrous appearance and he doesn't know how to deal with it quite yet so he's doing what he can to get by in firmament and trying to learn more about his condition his ratings he's a he's a tough weirdo so it's got minus one charm (laughs) minus one cool no sharp he's got two tough he's got three weird and instead of use magic, I have selected no limits. So he hulks, but not the Hulk hulks out. And that he can use he can use weird to uh, exceed normal human limits. That is Alvin Hughes. Alvin Hughes. Excellent. The good Thanks, the Kyle. Good farm boy. Very good, good farm boy. Uh Hannah, do you want to go next? Yes. Um I am playing JR and the playbook that I have selected is the crooked. JR is a thief and a grifter. She is currently laying low in firmament after a job that she was on went south uh, and there was something magical and bad that happened at that that I assume will come up in the storyline organically. She is currently squatting in somebody's really nice time chair and kind of uh, <laughs> collecting herself. So the background that I've selected is Grifter, which allows me to, when I manipulate somebody, I can ask the keeper what will convince this person to do what I want. That doesn't mean I'm going to succeed on it, but it gives me an idea of what I need to do to convince somebody. I get... A couple of crooked moves, and I've selected an artifact that I found, and that's you can't see, but I'm I'm doing air quotes around <laughs> found. I have a skeleton key which will open any magically sealed lock, uh, and then I also have friends on the force 
which is, you know, a few cops who can be persuaded to look the other way or do you a favor under for certain considerations. I use the move act under pressure to get in touch with them. There will be a cost, although not at the time that um, I contact them. Uh, let's see. I also have some heat because life of crime, crime doesn't pay kids. Don't do crime. <laughs> I don't, don't do crime. Don't do crime. Crime time. Um, so I have in my background a well-connected, non-magical criminal who I pissed off and they're out to get me. Um, I also have, have in my background a magical person, somebody with special powers or a monster who I took advantage of who also I'm guessing is going to pop up at a really inopportune time. For my ratings, I have plus two for charm, zero cool, plus one for sharp, minus one for tough, and plus one for weird, and I'm just going to use the regular magic playbook. JR has a twenty-two revolver, a big knife, and a hunting rifle. Uh, JR prefers to wear well-tailored suits, is a big fan of suit vests, and I think that... Is that everything that you wanted to know about us? I believe it is. Looking at my notes. Yep, that's everything. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Hannah. Sure. And rounding it out, Tio, why don't you go ahead and introduce your hunter? All right. So I will be playing Constantina Rodescu. She goes by Constance. I have picked the expert for her character class, so to speak, which is surprising because when I describe her, you're going to think she's not much of an expert in anything, but (laughs) just bear with me here. Um, Which I love. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) So Constance is a young, very smart 20-something. She is an artist. She grew up her whole life in town. Uh, Her parents are well-known, very accomplished academics, locally and nationally, and they have very politely tried to nudge her into really any other field. (laughs) But Constance is devoted to her artwork, but it's just a little ahead of its time, so uh, that means that nobody gets it and nobody even likes it on Facebook or anything like that. So just don't understand. They just don't understand her. Uh, so kind of to, to get by to, to pay the bills, she actually works in the tourist industry giving historical tours. So she loves history. She loves kind of the background of the town and the area. And that's how she actually pays the rent. She also you know, has a couple of shows here and there and a lot of the local businesses have uh, agreed to let her showcase her art because, you know, they like her. They, they've they known her all her life and they hope that one of these days she'll try something different. So that's good old Constance. For her expert moves, I have selected, I've read about this sort of thing, which basically means she can roll plus sharp instead of plus cool for act under pressure. So she can rely on her brain more than her emotional state, mm-hmm. uh, especially since she's got a lot of history uh, about the town in there and she has a lot of history of uh, strange and unusual things that may or may not come up in Monster of the Week and that's all from her boonie, her grandma. She had a really close relationship with her grandma who has since passed away. Her grandma actually left her an artist studio that was also her grandma's library. So she has been passed down all these books with all this great lore and background fables from the old country. 
Romania, if if the last name wasn't a dead mm-hmm. giveaway, look it up. It's basically the John Smith of Romanian last names. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a play on it, but yeah. So she has this longstanding relationship with her grandma. She went to bed every night hearing her grandma tell these ridiculous stories of funky, weird things. And, you know, vampires were the starting point, but there's all sorts of weird and interesting lore in her background. And as far as Constance knows, all of that is grim style fairy tales that her grandma told her and kind of inserted herself into just to make it more interesting. So she's got all this background hidden away there. Uh, She still has all her grandma's old books and weird antiques that are somehow oddly sharp and pointy. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe that'll come into play at some point. I also picked often right. So when a hunter comes to you for advice about a problem, I can give them an honest opinion and advice. And if they take that advice, they get plus one ongoing while following my advice. So I basically can actually help people out if they listen to me. Um, which means I I'm, <laughs> I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. So, you know, just, just remember that later on. Can't get mad. Yeah. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm actually, you know, Quinn alluded to it. I'm using one of the alternative weird settings. So for my weird, instead of use magic, since Constance definitely does not have any magic as far as she knows, otherwise people would buy her art, Um, she (laughs) instead uses past lives, which there's a lot of ways that you can play this kind of the way that it's described is when you open up your brain to your previous incarnations, hoping to discover something, you can roll plus weird and kind of look back through your past lives. The way that, that I'm playing this is that Um, I have a lot of weird dreams about the stories that my grandma told me and about kind of like some of the the weird lore in these old books that she has. Um, So really what I'm connecting to is is my grandma's life. I am Moana. (laughs) But not not Moana. But not not attorneys. No, definitely not Moana. Moana. It's very different. And not Pocahontas, which is basically Moana. But anyway, we don't have to get into that. That's a whole other series. Disney, get off. Yeah. Get out of here. And then I also have a couple of other fun things. So the expert gets a haven, which is kind of like a safe place to work. Uh, The way that, that I've envisioned this is that the art studio that I have that has been passed down to me from my grandma and was a library is my haven. So um, when I hit the books, I can take a plus one forward to investigate a mystery. So I basically get like supercharged investigation skills because I can take a book off the shelf from these old, you know, lore books that I have. And oh, maybe it has a page that pertains to what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, It also is protected. It's under a protection spell, which means that monsters cannot enter this space. Monsters might be able to do something special to evade the protection spell, but not easily. This is something that Constance is not aware of, though. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, for whatever reason, this place has never been vandalized or broken into by anything weird yet. That's <laughs> odd. There's also a lot of sharp, pointy antiques that may or may not be a stockpile of mystical and rare monster-killing weapons. Uh, (laughs) And if I need a special weapon, I can roll plus weird to use one of these things. Granted, I uh, don't know how to use them, because as far as I'm concerned, they're interesting and weird old fireplace pokers. (laughs) So my stats are zero charm, because, of course... 
plus one cool, plus two sharp, I'm a real smart cookie, minus one tough, and one weird. That's kind of the gist of my character. I have a a flamethrower, but again, it's just sitting in that art studio and it's definitely an antique flamethrower if there is such a thing, (laughs) as well as a silver sword. And if you thought that maybe I'm wearing chivas, you are right, because I am. <laughs> that's that's it for me. Uh, I have, we, we talked about this a little bit before, um, and I have thought about the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, here comes and, Quinn's first ruling. Oh, yes. Let's see. So what I think it is, is a antique World War II flamethrower. Yes. I love this. Yes. Like with the backpack and... Yep. Which you probably don't realize is in your apartment. Definitely not. Until you maybe need to go digging around for something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you might find it in a strange compartment somewhere. <laughs> I, I I agree with this. I have a feeling that if you... Uh, if things got real bad, that thing might just blow up. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, that is true of all flamethrowers, no matter <laughs> how new and nice they are. That's kind of just what you're, what you're getting yourself into with a flamethrower in general. Why my grandma thought I could handle this knowing me is strange. Yeah, if you play almost any video game ever, it's like the baddies with the flamethrowers always have such a bad day. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just a bomb on your back. Shoot the tank once. <laughs> Uh, and I will I will add this to kind of my lore uh, of myself and um, our, our keeper Quinn can choose to use it or not. Um, I have decided that Constance does have terrible allergies and this can include spore allergies. <laughs> like, for instance, from shaking off an old flamethrower that has all sorts of <laughs> antique dust on it. Um, so I may or may not be allergic to my own potential weaponry. We'll see. I love that. I am going to use that for sure. <laughs> he just gave him a big old knife. To Look, I have you. a minus one to tough. Okay. That's just not. Use me for my brain, not my brawn. <laughs> minus one you tough me means both. allergies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to need to make sure that uh, Alvin is like always around us because you and I both have minus one tough. Oh, yeah. I'm big toughy. Alvin's big toughy. He's working on a farm all the time. Can we both hide behind you, Alvin? How big are your biceps? Yeah, they get bigger. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. That's the fun part about, about this, this playbook. They get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I call the left bicep. <laughs> Come stand behind my powerful muscles. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks everyone one thing that we can use although i don't know that we have to is monster of the week also has a history function and i think this is really more for setting up sort of one-off games where you want to make sure that your characters know each other ahead of time i don't know if we want to use that or not but i do think it's worth establishing whether or not any of your characters know one another and if so what the nature of that relationship is so what do folks think? I mean, I think Alvin is either knows or is aware of Constance because of their you know interactions or art galleries at the at the school. It might be to the point where Alvin may have may know that Constance has some sort of knowledge about stories and things and has either gone to ask her about his situation or is about to and like thinking about it. Is that how's that sound? I can get behind that. <laughs> 
JR absolutely took one of Constance's tours (laughs) (laughs) at one point. Uh, Your parents still teach there, Constance? At At the school? Okay. Then I bet, I think, I bet Alvin has had classes with them. Oh. Probably. And probably either met you through them or, yeah, probably through them. Sweet. And yeah, I can totally see JR being like, I need to infiltrate this town. Let me take a tour, a historic (laughs) tour. (laughs) JR is probably also senior art, but maybe has not made the connection that tour guide is also the artist behind some real trippy paintings. Like real, real trippy. Oh, does JR get it? Oh, do you get my art? No. No. Okay. No. (laughs) She likes it, but she doesn't get it. (laughs) Well, at least you like it. That's step one. Alvin pretends (laughs) to get it. (laughs) 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 I mean, he doesn't get most most art, but he likes to pretend. Oh, yes. Mm, The blue is very blue. There's no blue in this painting. The, it's all about the blue the you don't see. Indigo is so <laughs> noticeable. <laughs> and then, do Jr. and Alvin know each other at all, or is this going to be like? So. A, I don't think so either. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's not um, at least at this point, I don't think there's a super organic way to get those two characters to connect until we start kind of getting into it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, and we could. Um, there's one point in the in the history on the monstrous book is they are tied to your cursor origin, and this one just says tell them how. But I think that might be interesting because it's a mystery where the monstrous origin has started or comes from for Alvin, except that it's kind of in the past year, and Jr. is rather recent to the town, so it could be connected in some way that we do not know yet. Would you say it was an unsolved mystery? Um, if you both like that (laughs) if you both like that i am absolutely down to like just leave it at that and we can see where that goes as the story unfolds Mm -hmm. yeah i like that excellent uh anybody have anything else they want to share about their character before we wrap things up uh there's a cat that lives in the timeshare (laughs) yes there is Vocal. So if you hear animal noises on anyone's recording, <laughs> that's canon. <laughs> that's canon. It's the cat that lives in the timeshare. Now, Quinn, regardless of whether or not we're at the timeshare. Now, Quinn, didn't you also uh, mention at some point to us? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There are just a lot of cats and sometimes dogs in 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 the town. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it's a very yeah, I remember the whole center of firmament, I think, is one big dog park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a, you know, Riverside Park is in the center of town and there is a an off-leash dog area there. So, you know, you're just bound to hear a lot of animal noises. Yeah. Which is unrelated to all of the animals that we all own as real people. And every time we're out on mysteries, we always take walks right by that dog park. It's where I get my best thinking done. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for our setup episode. Our next session, we will actually get started on our first mystery. Uh, We look forward to seeing you then. Woo! 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 Stay weird. I like that. Stay weird. (laughs) Woo!